Hello, and welcome to another episode of Tara Talks 2. I am Tara Suber. Thank you so much for joining me. In the past few weeks, I've been opening up a bit about my journey. You've got the opportunity to hear me express how I've come through many obstacles from dealing with molestation by a family member through the awkward season of my tomboy years with my brothers and and his friends just fitting in with the guys and then being forced out of that circle into the realm of the female <laughs> and I can say as a female we are complicated beings okay I accept that all right and after being tossed into that realm of females and going through the awkward stages of puberty, being introduced to sex and choosing to engage prematurely in sex and the birth of my firstborn son. I remember when I was first coming out of my awkward tomboy stage Mom did everything she could to make me a girly girl. Anyway, I was her only girl. I guess she wanted a princess <laughs> and I was a pauper. <laughs> I was not one to be a princess. She put me in Barbizon school for modeling. Not so much that I was a beauty queen and she was trying to, you know, push me up the modeling tree or something. No, she just wanted me to learn etiquette. I got to walk in heels. I mean, every, I think it was every Saturday or whatever. She took me in West of the Ashley. I can remember Harrell Square. I think it's called Harold's Shopping Center right next to the Citadel Mall. We had to go to Barbizon School. It was etiquette. Show me, you know, how to walk toe heel and heels and, you know, how to just be a girl. <laughs> she put, mommy put me in beauty pageants. Sunday school king and queen contests. Uh, don't let Usher Council number seven have a queen contest. I'm in the contest. Uh, the Miss Snowden queen contest. Listen, I think I am still, and you correct me. Somebody can inbox me if I am wrong, but I believe that I am still the reigning Miss Snowden. So don't, don't challenge me. <laughs> no, you can challenge me, but I, I believe the, the last pageant, uh, that we did in the neighborhood. I think I, I won that and I don't believe there was one after that. So, but if you know difference, you can tell me and I'll correct myself, but I think I'm still missed out. And so yeah, deal with that. <laughs> it was just in, incredible how mom just really was a champion for me. And she just wanted her girl to be a girl, you know? And, um, so I came out of that stage guys and I met uh, the father of my firstborn son. Um, we had a brief um, some brief conversations. I knew he liked me and I, you know, I was intrigued by him. And um, like I said, he was like much, much older and I looked much older than I was. And so I assume he assumed that I was and I did not correct him. No, I didn't. I didn't correct him. I was fast and out of control. And after um, the sexual encounter between him and I, I was pregnant with my son. And after my son was born and we brought him home, it was a difficult journey for me. Being 
a teenage mom was not what I saw for myself, was not what my parents expected of me. They just expected more. And like who wouldn't expect more from their children? Not saying that I was exempt from any fault of, you know, or anything, but it was just as a parent, you just want what's best for your kids. And that was not what my parents desired for me, you know? And just to think back at the moment, my mom was still having kids herself. I was 15, 16. Just to give you a little bit more insight on what was going on, you know, I was the firstborn girl. And then my parents, um, two years later, you know, my brother and my mom desired to have more kids, but she didn't have any more at the time. And then I think it was 87. She gave birth to my brother, Max. Now look at the timeline. My brother, Max is born. I'm 15, 16. And I'm pregnant with my first son. That was devastating. You know, in hindsight, when I think about it, if that was, if I was my mom, I just don't know how I would handle my girl having a kid right behind me. I'm still having kids. I'm young and still having my family with my husband. And my daughter is now a teenage mom. Me as a new mom, it just felt like the right thing to do was to be with the dad and allow him the opportunity to help me raise my son. So I, I remained in the relationship with my son's father with great resilience from my family. He was not the ideal choice. We had a huge difference in age. He never asked me my age. I never told him my age. So the consent to have a sexual relationship with him and which which resulted in the pregnancy and the birth of my son it was consensual um so i was not forced and the choice to go against my parents um and the advice of many others to not be in the relationship was my choice I didn't really understand love or I guess I knew in fact, you know, infatuation. I was, you know, infatuated by him. You know, he was mature, very mature. He was handsome. He um, was very well known, fast talking, you know, confident, um, very persuasive very talented, um, very smart. And so I guess I was infatuated by it. Okay. I was infatuated by it and drawn in by this, the sparkle and shine of it all, not ever being in a real relationship with anyone, um, any man, you know, I was kind of drawn in by it and willingly in the relationship with him. It was tough. It was alleged that he was involved with some activities that may not, may or may not have been legal. I never saw it. I never witnessed it. So I couldn't say, oh no, you guys, you know, yeah, you're right or you're wrong. I never witnessed any of that. 
very naive, very wet behind the ear teenager. Guys, if you would not believe, I was just so underexposed to so much that being catapulted into his world was like overwhelmingly, um, I was, I was overwhelmingly anxious a lot of times because I just, you know, trying to be a big girl, trying to be a mom, trying to be, trying to fit into his world and just go with the flow was, it was something that I forced myself into being comfortable with despite all the, the backlash I got from being in that relationship. And I'm speaking the way I am because I'm trying to be careful with my words because I'm putting myself in the moment with him when I was willingly in the relationship. At times, there was a lot of strong arming and verbal abuse. Because I was so young and naive, I didn't know a lot of things, so if if I got it wrong, you know, the, the verbal abuse just kind of rolled out. Um, a lot of mental games were played. He was very crafty with his words. And, and so me in my naivete was very gullible. And just whatever you say, okay, that's cool. I'll do it. I don't think I was in love. I just think I was infatuated. I was drawn in by the fact that this man um, liked me. He was um, brought me into his world and I willingly participated. I remember there was several incidences where I began to be uncomfortable. Shortly after the birth of my son, I found out that there was another girl that was pregnant by him. And that made me extremely uncomfortable. Y'all, I did the dumbest things. When I tell you, if he would ask me to take his baby mama to the hospital, I would take his baby mama to the hospital. That's just how gullible I was. Just in a world way over my head. Just doing whatever he said to do. I had a little car going back and forth, taking him places. And... It got out of control. My parents like just shut down on me. Tara, you need this and Tara, you need that. But I just kept doing what I wanted to do. And the more they pulled me, tried to pull me out for safety, the more I pulled back. And I was like, nah, you know, I got this, you know, I'm a mom now, I'm grown. You know, I wasn't grown. I was a child. The mind, the age did not make me a woman. The fact that I was maturing um, physically did not make me a woman. I didn't know what love was. I didn't know what responsibility was. I did it. But in the words of Kevin Hart, I learned that day. I was on the job learning, training, and on the job life, just learning my way through every situation. And when I tell you my world was turned upside down, upside down. I recall one day going to the house, after church, stopping by his house to get um, a package from him that he had had for our son. And I walked into a freaking ambush. Baby mama on deck. I just came to get something. 
she's flipping out because I'm there. And so we get into this fight. We get into this struggle. I mean, knock down, drag out. I'm in my church clothes. I, I just came to get a package. But I don't know what he's telling her. I don't know. Just pitting us against each other. I care less what your position is with him. But I just came to get something. And she got all emotional and out of control. And she put her hands on me. And that's when it was a problem. This chick bit me on my breast. I'm telling you, teeth sunk in deep. And I just screamed. And it took everything in my body to get her off of me. I had to bite her behind back to get her off of me. And it's all because I came by to get a package. And then you know what? My parents told me not to go by there. But I was just stopping by to get a package. I think it's okay. Let me just get this package and roll out for my son, for our son. Oh my God. What a day. What a day. What a day. And just until a few months ago, I still bared that scar on my breast from that fight. It was just, y'all, it was just so much turmoil. And I remember the day that I went for my follow-up with the doctor because um, I went for my annuals. And she told me that, yo, you you have an STD. And I was like, ST who? STD. And I'm like, whoa, 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 hold up. What do I do? She said, well, fortunately, this is one that we can just give you a shot in the buttocks and you'll be okay. We need to know who your partners were so that we can make some phone calls. And I was like, whoa, whoa, hold up. I have one partner, partner. <laughs> and I'll be having a conversation with him on my own. Okay. So hear me going to him and saying, yo, I just had to get a shot in my butt. Because of this STD, you need to check yourself or whoever else you've been sleeping around with because they probably got it too. And you know what? The funny thing about it is weeks prior to that, I noticed he was acting funny. If I was a smart girl back then, I would have realized, yo, this brother got something going on that he don't want me to know about. But being slow to go as I was didn't question anything, just went with the flow, continued to have sex unprotected with him. And lo and behold, <laughs> I'm the one getting shot in the butt. And then on top of that, him blowing off on me, saying it wasn't him, it must have been me. During this relationship, he had been incarcerated several times. As a matter of fact, he was incarcerated when I was in labor, giving birth to our son. What he was incarcerated for, I don't have records of, and that's not my story to tell. But me as the loyal girlfriend, uh, there were times that he had asked me to do things for him. I would actually say demoralizing, but when he knew he was going to go back to jail, he asked me to do certain things for him, and I felt I wanted to please him. You know, I want to take some Polaroids of you so I won't feel so lonely when I'm in here. In my dumb self, I'm probably... The only one that's going to sit here and admit it, that I did it. Taking Polaroids, you know, of myself, my upper body for him. And 
it was not long after that, that enough was enough. It just seemed like after that, it was incident after incident. And I wanted out of the relationship. So I told him, it's it. I'm done. I don't want to be here anymore. I don't want to be feeling like this anymore. And his first response was, you must be with some other, you know, so-and-so. I know you've been with him because word on the street is you. Nah, I just don't want to be with you. I, w- I want to try and gain my dignity back. I want my self-respect back. I want me back. Because somewhere in being with him, I lost me completely. Lost the respect of my family. The trust of my parents. Tara was just gone. And I didn't like that. I didn't like it at all. It was not a healthy relationship. It was far from healthy. It was completely unbalanced from the start. But that was the relationship I chose to get in. And so it was my choice to get out. Getting out. The getting out part wasn't easy. Because he wasn't the you gonna break up with me type of guy. You know? Overly obsessive and possessive. I had to deal with the repercussions to follow after that. But I got out of that relationship. I did. I began to see other people, which was my choice. Dated a guy from another neighborhood for a little while. Him and I were real cool. Well, I guess the ex didn't like that too much and he didn't care for that. The night that I had to call the police and get law enforcement involved. I remember getting a a phone call or message from him somehow. And I, I stopped by because he said he had diapers for our son. I stopped by just to get diapers. And by the end of the night, law enforcement was called and he was arrested. On the next episode, I'll get into more details about the night in question. I never gave this episode a title because honestly, when coming in, I didn't know how far I would be able to go. But if I had to give it a title, I would say silent cries. Because there were moments in the years the two years that I was with him that I knew I had lost the trust of my parents because I was so doggone rebellious and I had lost myself in this relationship so much that when I cried for help I didn't know who to cry to when I felt like I was in trouble I didn't know who to run to because there was so much damage done. So I cried silently for help. My silent cries were never heard. Never heard. Ladies, you do not have to be in a relationship that causes you anxiety. That causes you, that brings you mental stress, physical harm. Or 
harm to your physical health. The moment I got the STD, you would think I would run away. You know? You know, really? It took me a few days to go back to him and be like, you know, no. It's not what I want. So I cried silently for help. Nobody heard me because I didn't feel I had anybody I can go to because I had break, broken up my circle of support so badly because I was in this relationship with some this unhealthy relationship and he knew it. I was isolated from all the love and support in my family. And he knew it. That's what abusive relationship looks like. It looks like isolation. It feels, you feel anxiety. You don't always feel safe. You feel like you always have to appease your partner. That is not a healthy relationship. So if you're dealing with that today, run. Because you may not be able to get out. Just Scraped and scathed like me. I thank God I was able to get out. It was a little bit, a little scraped. But I got out. Damaged, but I got out. If you're feeling anxious, if you're feeling anxiety, if you're feeling like you always got to appease them, if you're feeling isolated from your family, it is not a healthy relationship that's not what love is young teenagers that's not what love is love is not going to ask you to take pictures of yourself and expose your body love is not going to do that that's not love that's lust that's a trap that is not Love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstance. That, my brothers and sisters, that is love. Thank you for joining me this week. This episode captures the beginning of what was a very difficult time for me. I appreciate the love, I appreciate your kindness, and I definitely appreciate your ongoing support. Until next time, God bless you and be encouraged.